0: This is the Orville Christian Church Podcast. Each week, you'll find content that helps you take your next step closer to Jesus. Join us online at Live. Man, I so much appreciate our worship team and the songs that they lead us in week to week. They're just filled with some incredible truths. And I know the songs that we've sung today are really... Uh, a summary of uh, what we're going to look at today in our text. But before we get there, I want to start by having a little fun. We can do that in church, right? Last October, uh, right before Halloween, insider.com came out with a list of the 50 greatest movie villains of all time. Now, how how many of them do you think you can name out of the 50? You think you can name quite a few of them? I want you to turn to the people around you right now, whether you're here in person or watching online, and make your list. No Googling, okay? God will know if you do that. But how many many movie villains can you come up with? Go ahead, you got 20 seconds. Go. This right here is a little hint, okay? Got a little hint? All right, time is up, time is up. How many of you think at least one of the movie villains on your list made the top three? Do you, are you confident? Yeah. Okay, yeah, we got a lot of confident people here. I like that. Let's find out, though. We'll start at number three and count down to number one. Here we go. Number three is the shark in Jaws. Now, I, I got to be honest. It was actually number five, but I moved it up to number three. I just had to, because this mechanical shark, even though he didn't get much screen time, when he did, it was downright scary and evil. People are still afraid to go into the water at the beach, right? It's crazy. Next, number two, see if you got this one. It's the Joker from The Dark Knight. There have been many great portrayals of the Joker, but according to the experts, Heath Ledger's performance would not just earn him an Oscar, but it would elevate the movie to one of the best comic book blockbusters of all time. So we got the Joker, and then number one, who, who is the number one movie villain of all time? Come on. Darth Vader. Oh yeah, none other than Darth Vader from Star Wars, right? I mean, it, it's hard to think of a villain who is more memorable. Vader is the gold standard of villainy. But what we eventually found out about Darth Vader as more Star Wars movies came out, was what? Spoiler alert. This really shouldn't be a spoiler alert. You should know this, folks. But before he became a disciple of the dark side, Vader was Anakin Skywalker, right? A good-hearted Jedi and hero. In fact, he was considered one of the most powerful Jedi in the galaxy. But ultimately, he was overcome by darkness And evil. And if I could do the Vader breathing right now, I would do that. But I can't. Now, obviously, these movies are fictional, they're made for entertainment, but they do point to some real-to-life truth. For instance, there is such a thing as good and evil, right? There is a battle going on between the forces of good and the forces of evil. And there is an enemy who wants to steal, kill, and destroy. And so as as we continue our Rooted series today, if we're going to be rooted and built up in our faith, we not only need to understand this enemy and this spiritual battle that's being waged for our souls, but we also must learn how we can have victory. And fortunately, the Bible has some answers for us. So I want us to turn together in our Bibles today... To the text that Nathan read just a little, little earlier, 1 Peter chapter 5. If you do not have a copy of God's word, we have free copies back at the Next Step area in the back of this room. There are also some on the chair rack there in front of you. You can also download a digital version of the Bible by using the YouVersion Bible app. It's an incredible app. You need to have it on your smartphone or tablet. I want us to start at 1 Peter 5 verse 8. Here's what the Bible says. It says, be alert and of sober mind. We'll get to that. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. Wow. Resist him, standing firm in the faith, because you know that the family of believers throughout the world is undergoing the same kind of sufferings. We talked about suffering last Sunday, and sometimes suffering is the result of our enemy, the devil attacking us. The, the Apostle Paul had something called a thorn in the flesh. We're not sure what exactly what it exactly was, but he referred to it in 2 Corinthians twelve seven as a messenger of Satan to torment me. See, when God created the world, there was no sin, there was no suffering. All suffering is either indirectly or directly a result of sin, either my own sin or somebody else's sin. But Satan, the originator of suffering, is lurking behind the scenes. Peter says that he is our evil enemy. Maybe you've heard someone say, or you've said it yourself, I don't have an enemy in the world. Well, that may may, may be true as far as other people are concerned, but every individual person has at least one enemy, namely the devil. The word translated devil here in this text means slanderer, false accuser. According to Alan Stibbs in his commentary on 1 Peter, the devil or Satan is a malicious enemy who makes accusations and presses false charges. He is definitely our enemy, our opponent, and our adversary. I was reading some things this week that point to the fact that a belief in the reality of Satan or the devil is on the decline. Most people think it's just a symbol. But I want to tell you, the Bible here is teaching us that the devil, our enemy, is a real being who is active in our world. And this is very personal. Peter calls the devil your enemy. I want you to turn to the person next to you and say, you have an enemy. Go ahead. You have, enemy. you have an enemy. It's true. And that means for those of us who follow Jesus, listen to this. For those of us that follow Jesus, we are the object of Satan's attack. But why? 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 Well, it's because the devil is primarily God's enemy, and he wants to disrupt God's plans and desires in any way he can. And guess what? God's plans and desires revolve around us, the church. And so if Satan can seduce us, if Satan can defeat us, then at least to some degree, he can defeat God's purposes as well. But notice how Peter describes our enemy. He is a Roaring lion who prowls around seeking prey. Peter says he does three things. First, he howls. The word translated roaring means to howl. There we go. <laughs> Ooh, do you feel that bass and that ferocious roar? Yeah. A lion, why does a lion roar? A lion roars to intimidate its foe. And the devil wants to intimidate us. He, He wants to fill us with fear to make us think he's stronger than he really is. Second, the devil also prowls. This word means to walk around we need to understand that the devil does not simply lie and wait for us. He is not a passive enemy. No, he actually seeks us out. He's coming and he's looking for us. And finally, Peter says the devil devours. This word literally means to drink down. In other words, he wants us for his next meal. He wants to devour us. But how does this devil lion, how does, he, how does he do this? Well, Satan uses two main strategies. And these are on your message note sheet there that you picked up on your way in. Might wanna write these down, all right, here we go. First, Satan attacks our minds through false teaching. It's one of his main strategies. The Bible clearly teaches that the devil's main work is deception. Jesus said this, he says, there is no truth in him. When he lies, he speaks his native language, for he is a liar and the father of lies. That's John eight forty four. 44. Ever since the beginning, this has been Satan's primary MO. If you think back all the way at the beginning in Genesis 3, 1, he says to Eve in the garden, did God really say You must not eat from any tree in the garden. Now, is that what God said? No. God said there was one tree, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil that they must not eat from because if they did, God said, you will certainly die. But then the serpent says to Eve, you will not certainly die. And so not only does the devil question God's word, did God really say but he flat out denies it and contradicts it, you will not certainly die. And from the very beginning, Satan has been a deceiver. And he's up to the same bag of tricks today. Did God really say no sexual relations outside the one man, one woman marriage relationship? Did God really say that? Certainly not, that is so old school. Did God really say forgive as Christ has forgiven you? Certainly not. That is so unfair. Did God really say Jesus is the only way to heaven? Certainly not. I mean, that is so narrow-minded. And if you fast forward from Genesis all the way to the end of the Bible, Revelation 12, 9 says the devil deceives the whole world. And in many ways, that's where we find ourselves today. We're deceived. And so what can we do? What can we do to defend ourselves against the deception of the devil? Well, we must make sure we are rooted, I mean, deeply rooted in the teachings of God's word, the Bible, because we believe this is the truth, right? In fact, the first thing we do when we put on what the Bible calls the armor of God The Apostle Paul talks about this in Ephesians chapter six. When we put on the armor of God, the first thing we do is we have the belt of truth buckled around our waist. And then the last thing we do with this armor is we take up the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. And so we must know the truth. We must have a thorough, Knowledge and understanding of what the truth really is. This right here, friends, is the filter to all the lies and deception that our enemy throws at us. We must know the truth. We must believe the truth. And we must even love the truth. Only then can we escape the devil's deception. And so let me challenge you and encourage you today. If you are not already in a Bible reading plan, use the one we've put together for this series. You can pick it up at the Next Step area. You can download it at our website, orville.church slash rooted series. But I can't emphasize enough how we need to hear the word. Maybe listen to it on your way to school or on your way to work. Read the word. One chapter a day keeps Satan at bay. I just made that up, but it sounds good, right? One chapter a day keeps Satan at bay. Meditate on the word. Think about it. Reflect on it. What does this mean for my life? What can I learn here? Memorize the word. Put it in your heart and mind, and then apply it. Do something with it in your life. Don't be deceived. Here's the second main strategy of Satan. Not only does he attack our minds through false teaching, but he attacks our wills through temptations. Have you been tempted lately? I mean, the the devil has a way to get us to act contrary to what we know to be the truth. He he puts, puts into our hearts just this whole idea of to practice evil. Now, we're not entirely sure how this works, but in some way, the devil and his minions have access to our wills through our subconscious minds. They may bring certain thoughts and images into our consciousness, knowing our weaknesses and exploiting them. I mean, have you ever ever been going about your day just kind of minding your business, you know, and all of a sudden, an evil thought or image pops into your mind? Or maybe you suddenly say or do something that's kind of out of the blue and out of character for you. It's like, where in the world did that come from? Well, it could be it's your enemy. The devil tempting you and attacking you. Remember, he is on the prowl looking for someone, maybe even you, to devour. And, friends, I'm concerned that some of us aren't going to make it. This is serious. We have an enemy who wants to take us out. And for some of you here today, he's just about done it. I want you to look at what James, the brother of Jesus, says about temptation. He says, when tempted, no one should say, God is tempting me. For God cannot be tempted by evil, nor does he tempt anyone. But each person is tempted when they are dragged away by their own evil desire and enticed. I think James here is referring to our enemy. He entices us. There's some things he knows. Doesn't know everything. He's not God. But the devil knows our weaknesses and, and tries to exploit them. But we play a part too, Right? We have those evil desires. We have have a choice in this. We can't just say the devil made me do it all the time. And then he says, after desire has conceived, it gives birth to sin. And sin, when it is full grown, gives birth to death. And then it's interesting, in the very next verse, James says what? Don't be deceived, my dear brothers and sisters. Don't be deceived when it comes to the strategies of our evil enemy, whether it be false teaching or temptation, make no mistake, the end goal is full grown sin and death. Right now, I'm I'm really excited because we have about 80 adults that are going through the Rooted experience. Okay, we're doing a, a message series called Rooted and we're touching on the various things that are a part of that experience in this series, but a part of that experience that these 80 adults are going through, there's a resource that has daily readings in it. And there's a whole week of readings about the enemy that we're talking about today, the devil, Satan. And in one of the readings, it talks about something called strongholds. Strongholds are these deep seated, ongoing sin struggles. And this sin gives the enemy a stronghold in our lives. It might be bitterness, it might be despair, it might be fear, just to name a few. But what's interesting about these strongholds is we usually keep them secret. And that's really why they're strongholds, right? And, and we keep them secret because we feel guilty, we're ashamed, we're embarrassed, and so we keep them locked up inside of us. But in the meantime, Satan continues to have power over us. And, and I would guess that there are some of you here today, you're, you're battling a stronghold. This, this sin, this struggle, That you can't seem to kick. How do we break free? Well, in the rooted material, it says that the first step is confession. That's really what the Bible says, right? We need to confess. Confession means we call it as it is, it's sin. We we don't call it a little indulgence. We call it what it is. It's greed. We, We don't call it a prayer concern. We call it what it is. It's gossip. We don't call it irritability. We call it what it is. It's anger. And we confess that. We come clean. We turn to God. And as we do that, we begin to live in freedom. Freedom from that stronghold. I just want to say today that if you need help breaking free from a stronghold, you, you know what that is. Man, we have people who can help you. We wanna help you. Please reach out. You're not alone. But how can we fight against the devil? Man, I, I love this text because it, it just spells it out for us. It's right there. Peter gives us, Four specific instructions on how to conduct our spiritual battle in this world. Are you ready? Here we go. First, he says, We must be alert. Be alert. Wake up. Be watchful. Maybe for some of you today, you hadn't even thought about the devil or Satan in a long time. And maybe today's message is kind of a wake up call for you. Oh, yeah. Maybe that's what that is in my life. The devil is like prowling and he's, he's trying to devour me. It's interesting that Jesus uses this same word, this idea of being alert, three times in Mark 14. You can read it later this week where he commanded Peter along with James and John to keep watch while he went further into the Garden of Gethsemane to pray. But what happened? What happened is... Peter, James, and John—they all fell asleep all three times in Mark 14. And I've got to imagine that as Peter penned these words in this letter, he—he—he he, he, he was remembering that. He's remembering the the importance of being alert. I mean, since we know the devil is constantly pursuing us, he's on the prowl. It's super important for us to know how he works. We need to know what to watch for. And I've tried to to share some of those things today, the false teaching, the deception, the temptation. Watch out. Be watchful. Don't engage in anything that would give the devil an opportunity or a stronghold over you. Number two, Peter says, be of sober mind. This means we must stay in control of our thoughts and our senses. This is one of the main reasons why it's wrong to take into the body strong drink and drugs. I'm not saying prescription drugs are wrong or bad. Don't get me wrong here. But when we take into our body strong drink and drugs that aren't prescribed, that are more of an addiction, it's wrong. It's wrong to seek mystical experiences because consuming anything that makes us lose control of our mind or will, that reduces our ability to defend ourselves against Satan's schemes. We have gotta have a sober mind you gotta be alert. Next, Peter says, we need to actively resist the devil. When you wake up tomorrow morning, it's gonna be Monday, right? Don't you love Monday? Best day of the week. I see, I see people shaking their head, oh boy, Monday's tomorrow, thanks, John. Well, enjoy your Sunday, but tomorrow's Monday. When you get out of bed tomorrow, I want the first thought in your mind to be okay today I am going to actively resist the devil what does that mean it means that we take a stand against we take a stand against him it's like this army there's this battle and the one side is coming and they're attacking and we we stand against it And friends, let's just be honest, this is not something we can do by our own power, but it's only by the strength which God supplies. And God supplies his strength in a lot of different ways. One way is through the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. I think one way is through prayer. We receive strength. But but I wanna emphasize here just for a moment the strength that can come from supportive relationships that we can have in the church. And there's power and strength in that. We cannot do this alone. I want you to listen to the wisdom from Solomon in the Old Testament. He says, two are better than one. If either of them falls down, one can help the other up. But pity the one who falls and has no one to help them up. Do you have someone in your life today, a a spiritual partner that you're doing life with, that when you fall or stumble, they're there to help you up? And can you do that for someone else? See, though one may be overpowered, two can defend themselves. A cord of three strands, when God gets involved, is not easily broken. Man, we need each other. We need the power of God to actively resist the devil. And then finally, Peter says, we must stand firm in the faith. We must stand firm in the faith. How do we do this? Bottom line is, we must hold fast to the teachings of the Bible. Literally, it says, standing firm in the faith. There's a definite article there, standing firm in the faith. In other words, we must be rooted in the teachings of Christianity. We must be rooted in the teachings of the Bible, and we must believe and trust they are true. Peter's point is this do not compromise what you believe. Do not compromise what you believe, because remember, Satan's main strategy is to deceive us. Peter concludes in verses 10 and 11. And the God of all grace, who called you to his eternal glory in Christ, after you've suffered a little while, will himself restore you and make you strong, firm, and steadfast. Who doesn't want that? Do you want to be made? Strong, firm, and steadfast. You want to be restored? It's God's promise to us. To him be the power forever and ever. Amen. Friends, not only should we hold fast to the teachings of the Bible, but we should hold fast to our victorious God. A great source of encouragement in our battle against Satan is to know we are not alone. And I talked about the power that is here within the church when we link arms, when we have someone to pull us up. We are part of a global family of believers. We're not alone. But more significantly, God is with us, He is on our side, and He is the ultimate victor in this battle. He has promised those who remain rooted in him the gift of eternal life. And Peter makes it clear that God accomplishes his victory over the enemy through his son, Jesus Christ. Verse 10, this eternal glory is what? It is in Christ. See, when Jesus came the first time, almost 2000 years ago, when he came to this earth, in part he came for the very purpose of confronting God's enemy, the devil, and defeating him. Check out this verse in 1 John 3, 8. It says, the reason the Son of God appeared, that's Jesus, was to what? Destroy the devil's work. And I believe Jesus did exactly that. He has destroyed the devil's work. Work and he did it, it was accomplished through his death and resurrection. And because of this victory, we need not be deceived by the devil any longer. We need not be enslaved by the power of sin because Satan is a defeated enemy in Christ. And every time someone puts their faith in Jesus, every time someone turns from sin and declares that Jesus is Lord and is baptized, we're reminded in that moment that Satan's influence is limited. Yeah, he's, he's walking around, he's prowling around looking for someone to devour, but the truth and power of the gospel is stronger and can break any stronghold. Over the last several weeks, we've seen a number of people accept Christ and be baptized here at OCC. We got to witness a baptism in our last service. And sometimes I scratch my head and I ask, how can that happen in such a dark world full of deception and temptation and just yuck? How can that happen? And my only answer is it really only happens through our victorious God, our way maker, our miracle worker, our promise keeper, the God who is the light in the darkness. To him be the glory and power forever and ever. Amen. Let's pray. Oh God, we... We need you so much. We are weak. We we sometimes stumble and fall. God, remind us today and this week that there is an enemy who wants to bring us down. And God, I just pray for my friends here today that we would be alert and of sober mind. That we would actively resist the devil, that we would lock arms with one another and that we would stand firm in the faith. God, there are so many so many lies, so many temptations that bombard us. God, we, we need you so much. We need you to come in and, and do a work in us so that we can be strong in your spirit. Fill us now, God, as we Take our next step today, our next step in this fight, in this battle. We respond now as we continue our worship. In Jesus' name, amen.